do, 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 do. Here we go. My name's Todd Adams. This is Kathy Adams. Welcome back to Zen Parenting Radio. This is episode number, take a guess, sweetie. I don't know. Twos. It's in the twos. 269. So what is uh, Zen Parenting Radio? It's a podcast. Why listen? Because you'll feel outstanding. And I always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is... Parent self-understanding. I'm, I'm understanding that having my computer here is a distraction. Not for me. I know you always have yours, but I never have mine. This one's for me. And I'm feeling distracted by it already. This one's for me. <laughs> Kathy used to give me Valentine's Day <laughs> gifts, and it was like a jar of notes. Like, oh, I'll give you a back massage, or... We'll go out to dinner. We'll go out to dinner, or whatever. <laughs> And then sometimes she would insert one that said, this one's for me. And what would you say? I don't know. Something like, take me out to dinner. (laughs) (laughs) All right. um, So on today's show, we're talking about expansion, Uh the Hunger Games, Uh a very interesting question from our listener. And we're going to highlight one of our sponsors of Zen Gets Real. Correct. Dot com. Uh, But first, let's talk about our first partner, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, Dr. Kelly. She is our chiropractor. Um, Her website is chirotree.com. And uh, if you are looking into getting some back adjustments or some neck adjustments or just change your nervous system for the better, give her a call. 630-941-8733. Spinal adjustments. What did I say? You didn't say it wrong. I'm just agreeing back adjustments, neck adjustments, but it's all the same thing. It's your spine. All goes back to your spine. Always. Everything. Um, So let's talk about expansion. Okay. Let's just Dive right in. Well, oh, I, I forgot. Oh. This show is brought to you not only by our three partners, but also by one of the best movies ever created, Uh-oh. sweetie. I don't know what it is. A little movie I like to call Planes, Trains, oh. and Automobiles because it's Thanksgiving time and you must watch this movie because it's Thanksgiving time. You're no saint. You got a free cab, you got a free room, and someone who'll listen to your boring stories. I mean, didn't you, didn't you notice on the plane when you started talking, eventually I started reading the vomit bag? <laughs> <laughs> That's when Neil's mad. Neil is, um, Neil Page is not always the most mindful of people. I call that movie anxiety producing. Del Griffith is a little more, he's just happier. He's happier, but he is annoying. With, with it, oh, take it easy on Del. He, of course he's annoying. He's. Is this a coincidence or what? He is the, the. Uh, is this a coincidence or what? <laughs> <laughs> Have a seat. <laughs> he is the catalyst for a lot of the drama. Yes. So my point... We all relate to, to Neil. Right. And we all have people in our lives that are like Dell. And we are all like Dell. Sometimes we just don't know it. We don't know it. We don't know that they know that we know that and we And then uh, Dell is more happy-go-lucky, but he actually has a deep sense of sadness yes, that we sad. don't really know about until the end of the movie. Yes. I'm not going to tell you what that's all about. Okay. Because I don't think anyone's ever seen I don't want to ruin it. <laughs> what do you know about expansion, sweetie? So, I, you know, it is um, Thanksgiving week, by the way. As far as the whole gratitude thing, um, and I think what we're talking about today will kind of help you, give you another way to look at being grateful and and what we can do to make our lives more um, focusing on what works and being um, present with what really brings us happiness. And so I was thinking about the word expansion because over the last couple of weeks, there's been a lot going on in our lives with my family where I've had to um, support my dad in some ways and support my mom in some ways, which I know a lot of you guys do. 
And sometimes you get to a point where you're, you know, doing work and you're taking care of your kids and helping your parents, helping your friends, doing, you know, you're getting taking pulled care in of, every different direction. And you really think that there's a point when you're like, I can't do anymore, right? Like there's just no possible way. And I don't just mean logistically. Like, like no more curveballs. Don't mean, give like, me anything more to handle. Right. You're just kind of like, this is it. Yeah. And it's kind of just funny to even say that because, of course, other things are going to happen and things you. My the word that I kept saying to myself and my parents last week is every time a curveball gets thrown our way, we have to just expand and we just have to get bigger in ourselves instead of shrink into it. We have to grow larger. And there's something about that imagery for me that makes me laugh in a good way, meaning like it's almost like, well, of course, you know, of course this happened. So let's go. You know, it's like let's let's take it up a notch and let's get bigger. And the example that I shared with my mom was I remember um, about mm, five years ago, my oldest daughter was uh, playing outside and I had just had one of those days where it was when the girls were all really little and it was a Sunday and I was just overwhelmed by Mm -hmm. parenting and Todd was watching the Bears game or was getting ready to watch football and she was outside and I remember I got in the shower and I was in the shower thinking to myself, I am so full and I am so done and I just don't feel relaxed and it's Sunday. and It I was just, your Calgon take me away moment. It was. And then here's what happened. My daughter walked in the bathroom and opened the curtain and she held up her arm and said, I think there's something wrong. And her hand- It was bent the wrong way. It was like hanging off of her wrist or whatever. Yeah. She broke her wrist. She broke her wrist. Her, her arm, actually. And she was in such shock. She didn't know what had happened. And Poor so thing. I'm in the shower going, okay. So it, it was one of those expansion moments where I was having all this self-talk about how I just possibly couldn't do anymore. And, oh, I'm just so overwhelmed. And all of a sudden, you don't have a choice. Yeah. All of a sudden, another crisis shows up. When you thought your cup was full, it just became more full. And you know what I did? I expanded. Yeah. And not only did I expand- You got yourself a bigger cup. But I almost became lighter. Like, And I, that's the thing that's really weird is that's where I think grace steps in or we see the bigger picture. We become more connected to ourselves. And it's a magical thing. I don't have words for it, but you, you're kind of- you you get out of your head and you say, you just do it. Instead of like making notes of how busy you are and how many things you do, you just do it. Well, plus it also makes it more clear on what's most important. So a lot of the stuff that you maybe typically might worry about on a normal day, yeah. all that kind of falls to the side yeah. and you, it, it gives you a sense of clarity. It gives you a sense of how spacious you really are, yeah. that you are capable of more than you think. And then the, the, the funny part about that is um, you came up, you actually drove her to the hospital while I got dressed because we had to get the other kids too. They mm. had to come with us. Yeah. Um, and then I got dressed, you know, I had wet hair, you know, drove to the hospital. And then when we got there, um, you know, we're kind of taking care of business and it's a Sunday, so we couldn't get a doctor to come out to set her up. They're on. watching football. <laughs> Oh, what, nobody, all the doctors were refusing no, to come. Yeah, they're not, they're not here. Until we found one that did and we just gave him, we just loved him dearly because yeah. he showed up. He drove like 30 or like 50 minutes or he something. basically stopped what he was doing to come set my daughter's arm. Exactly. Regardless, it was, it didn't get much easier when we got to the hospital is my point. So 
why I'm saying this is because I'm finding that not only is it showing up in my life personally where I have that moment of I go, nope, you just got to expand. You just got more bad news or you just have something else you have to deal with. So just keep going is the opposite of expanding is obviously contracting and and deciding that you really can't do anymore or that it shouldn't be this way. Because sometimes contraction isn't outward, meaning you still show up, but mentally you've contracted where you've decided that it's all ridiculous and you're in fear. Right. And I'm finding that I don't want to talk too much about politics because um, I just don't. Um, but I'm finding that a lot of stuff going on in the world with the refugees and and terrorist threats and everything, a lot of people are contracting. Yeah, they're getting smaller. They're getting smaller. More scared. And their ideas are getting smaller about yeah. things we should and shouldn't do. And I, I just want to say this. Um, when we feel like we need to close, and I mean this in our heart, we have to open. When we feel like we're going to contract and shut down, we have to expand. Um, we have to be able to see people differently. We have to understand that our whole role here on this earth is to support each other and that the only way to make change is through love. Mm. And I know that people disagree with that and they'll say, oh, but, you know, terrorists are making change right now and they're not using love. And I understand that, but I just want to know if we really think that's sustainable. I mean, it, there there's havoc being wreaked. Um, is that the way to say it? Yeah. Havoc being wreaked. Yeah, they're wreaking um, havoc. They're wreaking havoc. Um, but do we really believe that's who people truly are or do we understand that these are lost people? Yeah. Unconscious, unconscious people, and and I'm saying this. You're gonna you're gonna have to step out of your fears for a second to kind of hear this whole picture, because it's it's at the very basic level, and then it's at the grander scale for the world. We have to understand that love is the only antidote to anything, mm -hmm. and that shutting our minds or anything for that matter um, is only going to cause harm. We're creating harm. We're, we're being harmful and creating more harm. Well, um, what's interesting is your example regarding the refugees is um, this is very metaphorical, like inside of ourselves and then just truly are we going to expand and open ourselves up to people who need help right. or are we going to contract, get small, get scared and not let anybody in the country? Yeah, I guess it, it's metaphorical in that way very much so. And I think that Todd and I were just talking about before or earlier this morning about how there are people in the world whose it's their job. This is going to sound crazy, but it's their job to be afraid, mm -hmm. meaning that – and I don't mean the media. Mm -hmm. I'm talking about there are people in the military who mm -hmm. have to – actually, this is their work. Yeah, their so, vocation is to keep us safe. And the best way to keep us safe is to think about what might go wrong. Correct. It is literally – that's so well said. It is their job. You know, someone who's in charge of border control, someone who's in charge of ho homeland security, our politicians, it is their work. They have come into the world knowing that it is their purpose to keep us safe. And so they are paid, or at least they know internally that this is their job in the world. But for those, there's many of us, majority of us, that that's not our job right. to be afraid and to, you know, to um, put more fear out there into the world to create more of a problem. Like I almost feel like I talk about grateful. I am so grateful that what I can do best, what I can do best to make this world a better place is by um, loving my own family, um, being conscious of the things I say in the world and what I do and, and with great intention, not causing any harm um, 
at least knowingly, I mean, I would never knowingly cause harm, um, then, you know, doing the best to take care of myself so I can take care of others. That's what we get to do. And then go out there and do our, whatever our maybe vocation is of, you know, what we get paid for. Um, and we don't have to do what Homeland Security has to do. You want Mother Teresa's quote? Please. What can you do to promote world peace? Go home and love your family. Yes. That, thank you. You're welcome. That's it. And I say that for those of us who are living in a great deal of fear, because I believe me, I've talked to so many people in the last couple of weeks who are. And while I understand that, and I have my own fear, I'm not immune to the fear, um, but it's when we feel the fear, then what do we do? Yeah. Do we expand or do we contract? And you can use this in the world, you know, in the in the way we see the world. We can use this in our own moment-to-moment moment experience in our relationships. Um, we can use this when crisis hits our own lives, when things happen and we feel overwhelmed. Of course, we get to have a good cry and fall down for you know a little bit and say, why me, why me? But then we get up and we do it yep. and we expand um, instead of walking around saying it isn't fair, it isn't fair, it isn't fair, because you know what? It, that's this is part of life, and within the in- sweetie, my aunt Ruth used to say, "Life ain't fair," and I know you'd always take exception yeah, to that because I, it's not necessarily what you want to be preaching to your kids. No. I still say it every now and again because sometimes curveballs happen. They do, and things can feel unfair. But as a whole, to say that life is unfair carries an energy for me. That what about this? Sometimes life isn't fair. Yeah, because that's true. It's completely true in that. There's bigger things going on in the world than our needs. Yeah. Um, one of my favorite um, Amy Schumer uh, skits. You know, skits, thank you, on Inside Amy Schumer is about how so many people will thank the universe for things and then say the universe provided this, you know, to me. Like there's these two girls sitting like in a coffee shop or something and they're talking about how, you know, the universe directed them to the correct vitamin store so they could get the right vitamins to, you know, for their calcium deficiency. And it just, it it makes me laugh in the sense that there are obviously bigger things at work, you know, than us finding the right vitamins. Even though there's nothing wrong with celebrating that fact, it's not really just all about us. So I'll just say that... Um, you know, and there's not, I believe in that the, in all the things I'm saying, like I do believe the universe provides and I do believe that um, we should follow our dreams and I do believe that we, that coincidences are cool and, you know, synergistic. I, it's not that I don't believe those things, but sometimes we have to take a more expanded view right. and recognize that sometimes the thing we think we want in our head doesn't come to us because that's not for the greater good of the whole. Right. And that's very hard to deal with when we're just living inside of our own needs. Right. And sometimes we have to understand that um, even within pain, there is growth. And even when we're not given something, maybe there's something else we're supposed to learn. And we don't have to get all of that understanding immediately. The majority of it is hindsight, you know, there's all these things in our lifetime that we can look back on now that were so painful. And you look at it through a different lens of, but if it hadn't gone that way... We wouldn't be here. We wouldn't be here. Right. And so that is really the truth of what's going on all the time. Um, but it is... Ch- challenges are opportunities. They are. And, Same and, thing. You can just kind of decide which one it's going to be. Exactly. And, and, I, and I would not be so simplistic to say anything about... Um, no, sometimes bad stuff happens. Bad stuff happens, right. and, and I don't have any answers for that. Yeah. I mean, 
I don't have any answers sure. for that. Um, but the more simp- the more uh, simple things in our life, yeah. um, I think that we can often see through a different lens. So. I guess all I wanted to say about, we did a show, I think a few years ago, about the whole idea of if you want to close, open. Hmm. Because the whole idea of, and again, I'm not talking politically, I'm not talking about borders right now, I'm just talking about internally. When you feel that desire to just shut down and be done and to decide it's not fair, that is your opportunity to open Mm. and to ask for help or to say, I'm going to look at this differently or I do need some kind of support or I'm going to treat myself or whatever it may be. Um, Because even though we all shut down occasionally, to to stay in that shutdown state, um, it doesn't help you, doesn't help the people around you, and it doesn't help the world. So when you want to contract... Expand. Expand. And when you want to expand, expand. (laughs) <laughs> Correct. And if you need to contract for a little bit, then, you know, you're human. That's right. You know, and here's the thing. I, I think I just said this before, but sometimes I'm contracting mentally, but I'm still showing up. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like sometimes we can be in fear, mm-hmm. but still choose to do the right thing right. in that moment. Like, you know, I was listening to another interview today um, about someone talking about fearlessness again. And there's not a human being alive who isn't afraid at some point or another. I think we're, we're, we all feel afraid almost every day of our lives in some way, shape, or form. But it's what do we do with the fear? That's always the question. Do we succumb to it and decide that that's the way that everything is? Or do we use it as an opportunity to see things differently, to grow from it, and to maybe make different choices? Right. Um, you know, it's it's too general to say this is what we do. But so. Um, So we're going to talk about the Hunger Games in just a second. Sure. But first, our sponsor. What's the flight situation? Simple. There's no way on earth we're going to get out of here tonight. (laughs) We'd have more luck playing pickup sticks with our butt cheeks than we will getting a flight out of here before daybreak. (laughs) Sorry. I just love Dell. Um, second partner to John J. Kelly, dentist extraordinaire. He does teeth whitening. I actually talked to just a friend this weekend and asked, does he do that stuff? And the answer is yes, he does it. ChicagoDentistOnline.com, 773-631-6844. Now, when you said you talked to a friend this weekend, you talked to a friend about John Kelly? Yeah. And you asked him if Dr. Kelly did teeth she whitening? She asked me if he did. Oh, and then you answered yes. I said yes. I thought you asked someone about him. I'm like, why didn't you just call him? No, no, no. Nothing like that. Okay. Um, Hunger Games. Correct. What a great movie. Well, um, so... I've never seen it. Mockingjay came out... Part two. ...this last weekend. And uh, so, you know, I've read all the books, and my two olders, um, my 11 and 12-year-old, have read the books, and we've seen all the movies together. It was actually this big deal because my... um, my daughter, who just turned 11, she started reading the books, I don't know, a couple months ago, and then we had to make all these dates to watch the movies. So we were ready for this showing because it happened to be on her birthday. Right. I mean, how wonderful, right? So I'm going to say again, I read the books, and I kind of forgot what Mockingjay Part 2 amnesia. was going to be about. Get amnesia. Well, I, I don't know what I had. I like... As the movie started, I was so excited. And then as it started going, I was like, oh, yeah, this book, this other half of the book, because they split Mockingjay in half, is about war. Mm. This is one big war. And it's I'm, a war movie. It's, I'm, what I'm saying to you people who many of you have already seen it. Is this a public service announcement? No, because I don't want to say necessarily don't go. It's not that the movie wasn't well into. done. Yeah. 
it's that it's a war movie. And as my friend Nancy said, because I, my daughters, I took my daughters and they, and two of their friends and um, their mom, who's my friend, we came out of the movie and she said to me, that movie was relentless. And I said, that is the perfect word because there is no opportunity to breathe. Things happen and then they happen and then they happen and then they happen. And you are like in that cycle, that spiral of craziness. And there are very few moments of character development. Mm. I missed Effie so bad. I missed – what's that guy that we love? Stanley Tucci's um, character. I know the guy. I don't remember what his name is though. Um, oh, gosh. It's coming to – I'm forgetting it. Um, but, I, you know, I missed – more discussions between characters and more, um, you know, what what made us love the other movies and books I felt was like this deeper understanding of how relationships and connections are so much more vital than the, you know, the exploit – the exploiting that we do of people and the way that we um, look at people. Caesar Flickerman. See, that's it, Caesar. The way that we look at people from a distance and we don't recognize our connectedness to them, just like The Hunger Games has been going on 75 years and people watch it for show. Yeah. And I felt like even though, I, again, I knew what the book was about. It's my fault for not having that understanding going in. But there's one scene in the movie, Todd, that I just loved. Okay. And I was like, God, I wish there was more of this in here. There was this scene, and I'm a PETA fan. So for those of you who are Gale fans, you're not going to care about this. But there's a scene when PETA is like coming out of his – he's been brainwashed. And he he's on – you know, he's basically in the, the crew that Katniss is in to overtake the Capitol. And he's talking to her about being brainwashed and how he's starting to differentiate between his thoughts um, – that were his original thoughts, meaning his actual memories and the brainwashing that was done to him in the Capitol. And he said, I start to now recognize that the brainwashing, it's more fuzzy. And so I can differentiate between that and the other. And while he's talking, he's talking very matter-of-factly, but there's a tear coming down his face. It's such a moving two minutes. And I kind of, I felt really, I love him anyway, but I felt very aligned with that understanding is sometimes in our own minds, we can differentiate between what the good idea is what's really going to promote our own self-understanding and, and goodness for the world and what maybe the not-so-good thought is. Right. Maybe we weren't brainwashed by the Capitol, yeah. but maybe we were brainwashed by other forces. By growing up when we were little kids. Right, or by watching too much news or by you know only focusing on negative things. And we have to, in our own minds, differentiate between what we know in our heart is the best thing and and it's not always easy. Well, and I know one thing that is in my best interest um, to watch, you know, I, we say, we talk about this every month, it seems like, but it's not in my best interest to watch the news. No. Um, I mean, I used to even, uh, local news, forget it, but even national news, like I get my information online by reading mm-hmm. and that is all I need. I don't need the images of terror. I don't need the images of chaos. I I can read those. And it's just, it doesn't, I don't know, it just doesn't make it, it doesn't affect me as negatively because I'm reading the words as opposed to watching the, 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 the video. And some people would say to you, but you should be affected ne- negatively because you should be more afraid. Mm-hmm. And again, what we have to remember is as long as we have information, then we can work from a place of presenting our, not presenting as a show, but showing up as our best selves. We can actually do something 
worthwhile because too much television and too much exposure to negativity and fear contracts you. We know this. What happens when you become fearful? Get, get a vision in your head of someone in fear. Are they open? Mm-hmm. Are they like looking up to the sky and saying, what can I do to yeah. help the world? Or are they contracted in a ball? So for those of you who say, but I have to watch the news because I have to know, is it helping you? And I don't mean just how you feel. Is it helping you show up better in your life? Right. Because if it isn't, then you know it's not what you should be doing. Yeah, it's like um, sometimes that fear, people will be like, well, that's what propels people to change. And that is There's possible, that. Mm-hmm. but you can also be propelled through change through not being afraid and through love and positivity and things like that. Correct. You can become angry. You know, we talk about with all these different emotional experiences. Again, there is absolutely nothing wrong with fear. It can be a motivator initially. Anger can be a motivator. I, yeah. You know, I get angry and it kind of promotes new ideas and awarenesses and things I want to do. But then if we stay in the anger and the fear then we don't get anything done. So I know for some it's hard. If it becomes paralyzing, you're probably watching a little too much. If If, the fear and the anger are debilitating and you're like afraid to go outside and you're afraid to do this or that, then it's causing you to shut down and contract. And there are other things because believe me, everybody, everything good that was happening two or three weeks ago, there's still good that is happening simultaneously. And while we understand... That there are many, there's a lot of new information we have, and it seems that there are you know new issues that we have to deal with as a country and as a you know as a as a world. Um, just as many fantastic and wonderful and beautiful things are happening, and we've got to keep our eyes on those things. Again, last week we talked about put yourself in the way of beauty, notice beauty, create beauty, you know, ripple effect it, you know. Get, Comfort people who are in need. Um, love yourself so you can be more patient with others. Th- this is what we do to, to heal the world. Mm-hmm. All right. You ready to move on? Sure. All right. Um, well, can I say one more thing about sure. Mockingjay? Because oh, yeah. I, I don't need to go deep about it anymore. But what I wanted to make sure I said to parents is if you plan to take your children, which I know many of you have promised them and they've read the books and everything, and, you know, go go for it. But at least know what you're getting into when you go into it. Because since I went on the day it opened Friday and I went on Saturday, I didn't even think about it. And when I came out, I really had to. My girls were okay. You know, they had kind of read the book more recently than I. So they were like, well, but they both were like, that was brutal. Mm. It was probably one of the scariest movies they've ever seen. So, and if anybody is in love with, Pete is my my guy, but I'm also in love with Finnick O'Dare just as a person, as like a character, not just his attractiveness, but I just loved him. And that, that was traumatizing. Mm. Anybody who's seen it or read the book, Finnick O'Dare, traumatizing. What about Hamish? Hamish? Hamish. Woody. He wasn't in it enough. Oh. Effie wasn't in it enough. Hamish wasn't in it enough. Caesar. I missed them. I missed that that connection and that sometimes it was comic relief. I it was it, that's what I mean about relentless. Not not enough levity. Oh, I needed some levity. Oh my god, I was exhausted. I actually like like talk about like contracting. After the movie was over, I like laid myself on the you know how we always sit where the where we can put our feet on that pole? Yeah. What is that? There's front row. Yeah. Really. And I just kind of laid myself over it. I'm like, I'm exhausted. Mm-hmm. You so, want levity, sweetie? Yes. Let's do have you some feel this vehicle is safe for highway travel? Yes, I do. Yes, I really do. I, I, I believe that. I know it's not pretty to look at, but it'll get you where you want to go. That's the part when him and Steve Martin are singing when the car is burnt to a crisp. <laughs> and it's uh, Lenny from Laverne and Shirley's The Police Officer. It is. Who is also um, 
let's see, it's, it's Lenny. Yeah, and he's also our favorite, one of our favorites and best, best in show. Best in show. Oh, we should feature the best in show. We should. We should point. do best in show Can you next? remind me to do that? I will. Um, listener's question. How are we going to summarize this really good question from this listener? Well, uh, first of all, we're not going to use her name, but she, we did just get this the other day. I'm going to read a little bit of the first. She okay. she says nice things. She loves us. All that good stuff. Thank you, lady. Um, my personality personality is probably the opposite of Kathy's sweet and soothing energy. Mm. Thank sweetie, you. you're sweet and soothing. Does That's that mean nice. that I'm not sweet and not soothing? No, you can be very sweet and soothing, but I don't think always on the show. I think you present a different I probably perspective do. sometimes. She says, I'm a pa- I am impatient, can worry easily, very outgoing, and unafraid of conflict. I'm also I also come from a family of origin where my parents are extremely supportive and loving, but very opinionated and expressive about what they want me to be. I've also I've also striven all my life to achieve Ivy League college, I leave Ivy League business school, and now uh, she's doing well for herself. Uh, she says, I'm not trying to brag. I'm trying to give you an idea of where I'm coming from and where my baggage is. Uh-huh. Okay. So now she dives into her question. She's a two and a half year old son, and he is everything to her. Uh, he is very sweet natured and passive little guy. And when he sense, senses any potential conflict, immediately he backs away. When other children run past him towards something, he will always let them continue to cut in front of him while he waits. He basically hands over the toy in his hand to any child, younger or older, uh, who even has a glint of wanting to take it in their eyes. Interesting. Um, Should I stop there or should we keep going? Um, Um, What I will say is basically her question is, as she states here, she's been struggling watching all of this because her success level... Um, the reason that she is successful is because of her own more aggressive nature. And she has found... uh, One that was pushed probably from her parents. Possibly, but we don't even need to dive into that. Let's just keep it on the surface of maybe it's her innate nature. Yeah, maybe Maybe, that's just who she is. Correct. Like she is innately more aggressive and she has found success. Mm -hmm. So then you have children. And I think many of us can relate to this depending, you know, your personality type. And then you have children and they have a very opposite... Um, way of negotiating the world. They go the other way. And so then we watch it mm-hmm. and we recognize that is not how we would deal with it at all. And our the natural fear that comes up is I was successful and my child is doing it in opposite way. And we somehow surmise that that means they won't be successful. Right. And there's not truth to that. Yeah. The, the fear I get, um, I understand that. Like I, I don't blame her, nor do I think that she is alone. I think that this is the practice of self-awareness, and she's already 90% of the way there because she is self-aware enough to know, here's who I am. Here's how I became successful. I am watching the person I love most, you know, my son, act differently in the world, and that freaks me out. Well, and to that point, she even says, because I agree with you, Kathy, she is completely aware in a way that most parents are not. So I think this lady is well on her way or she's already doing a wonderful job parenting this little boy. She says, I know my anxiety that he isn't more aggressive is ridiculous. Like that speaks volumes. Correct. She knows that she's being ridiculous. But now that she knows that she's asking, you know, how do I change my thought patterns? How do I undo what I'm doing? And my take is you may be able to do something to kind of change your perspective or what you think he needs to do. But as long as you're not 
asking him to be somebody who he isn't, I think you're doing a pretty good job. Absolutely. Like from the very baseline, just the fact that you know this, you're already, like I said, 90% of the way there. I think self-awareness is the hardest part. It's being able to separate from our thoughts and recognize that just because we're thinking it doesn't make it true. I think the other thing is questioning your own stories about what you think it means to be successful. And that can you just, you know, maybe for fun, realize that there's many people in the world who have become successful different ways. And that sometimes being a really, um, because I'm going to call your son these things, a very generous, um, willing to give, gentle uh, gentle beings can become just as successful, if not more, in a different way. One of the things that um, I read about a long time ago when it came to Gandhi is Gandhi actually, personality-wise, was very introverted. And he really preferred, you know, the time either with himself or with his family. And he understood that the most important thing was to support each other, help each other, love ourselves, love other people. And then there came a time when the need for him to speak up became greater than anything else. You know, it's like the whole idea of the, what's the Anis Nin uh, quote about the, you know, the the flower, there was more pain to stay closed than it was to open. And he realized that it was time for him to speak up and to become a voice of um, passive resistance. What What is it called, Todd? Not passive resistance. Um, yeah. Is that what it is? Nonviolent. Yeah. A nonviolent way of protesting. Right. And he became the figurehead for that. And everybody trusted him because they knew that wasn't his... He wasn't going after it to, for for a power grab. Right. That wasn't who he was um, innately, meaning he didn't always need to be center stage, but he knew his message in the way that he, you know, saw the world and felt the world needed to be spoken. My point is, is that I, you know, envisioned Gandhi as a little boy, and he was probably a lot like your son, yeah. giving and allowing and, and allowing someone to have the toy. And he received, and you know, I'll speak to your son again, because really, I don't know what Gandhi and your son are feeling, but I'm just trying to throw these things out there. Your son gets great joy by allowing someone to have his toy. Mm -hmm. When you look at it, you think he's sacrificing himself, and he's actually feeling good Mm -hmm. about giving that to somebody. We we view everybody else through our own lens. And um, you would look at that experience and say, you're letting people walk all over you, you're being weak, where he is finding great strength in giving. And if you can see it that way, then you can look at him and say, actually, he's doing the exact same thing I am, just in a different way. Well, and that's what I, you know, you're kind of speaking exactly the way, you know, you're saying pretty much what I believe in. And, uh, you know, our kids show up and I... Are, as parents, we kind of have an idea of who we think we might want them to be. And the only advice I give to myself on a daily basis is to be an observer of who your children are and who they showed up to be. And it may not fit with who you thought uh, um, they should be. And this is the middle verse of the uh, poem that we read all the time, Khalil Gibran on children. This is just the middle verse, and I think it speaks volumes. You may give them your love, but not your thoughts, for they have their own thoughts. You may house their bodies, but not their souls, for their souls dwell in the house of tomorrow, which you cannot visit, not even in your dreams. You may strive to be like them, but seek not to make them like you. And that's, that is really the answer to your question, because what you were saying is you know that you're really good at stuff, and you've been really successful in the traditional
traditional definition of what successful means. So when you look at him and you see he's doing something different, you assume that you need to get him on your path. But it's not your job to make him like you. And even though you're doing that with love, we know that, it's almost, can it be a relief for you yeah. to know that all you all you have to do is show up as yourself? Because the thing is, as you're being you, he's also learning by watching you. Yeah. You don't have to teach it to him or lecture him or make him take a toy back for him to watch you and know that he's learning from you that there's different ways of being successful. But you are allowing him to be who he is, you be who you are, and then you guys both learn from each other. Um, So I feel like one of my favorite quotes, you know, Todd just read Gibran's quote, um, is that uh, when I, after I meditate, I have all these quotes that I look at before I, I start the day. And one of my favorite ones, especially lately, is be humble and trusting that others can find their own way. And that's um, from Mary Pfeiffer from her book, Seeking Peace. And why that's important to me is I think sometimes we think that it's us who are making people do things, or if it wasn't for us, things wouldn't work. Or Yeah, we think our influence is actually greater than it actually is. Exactly. And there's a humility and a humbleness about understanding that we do have a role in people's lives and a place in the world, and we are instrumental in in. in making this world go round, but at the same time, it is not our job to control other people, and it's not our job to tell everyone to be like us. Our job is to help people be themselves yep. and be trusting in that. Trust him because he's showing you who he is, and maybe you can even ask him sometime, you let that friend have a toy, and that was really cool. Tell me about that. Tell me about what that was. Yeah, or give him a voice. How do you feel about that? Or or I, I want to share more. What would you tell me to do? Mm-hmm. And become curious about him instead of worried about yeah. him. And there will be a time that maybe he does want to do something that maybe is more traditionally aggressive, and he may come to you and say, you've been so accepting of me. Yeah. Um, I'm accepting of you. Tell me how you do what you do. And then the door is wide open yeah. and you can share your skills. Well, and just the fact that I, I, I love this lady, whoever she is, um, because she has this self-awareness. But yeah. the fact that he's only two and a half years old tells me that she's pretty serious in her competitiveness and the way right. of doing things. So, um, like I said, hats off for the awareness, but you know, throw on top of the fact this kid's only two and a half. Right. It's not and like he's 10. It, it isn't. You know? But remember, as you know so well, that when we have children, they are mirrors. So they reflect back to us the things we need to look at in ourselves. Right. So regardless, um, because you're right, at two, at two and a half, I hope he's sharing and yeah, giving right. stuff away. You know, like that's a good, that's a good thing. Um, but at the same time, he is demonstrating, he is showing you who you are. And much of that I hope you accept and embrace. But maybe some of it you want to look at differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe have a new version of success, that success isn't always about striving or education or money or having a title, that there are other versions of success, which lie yeah, it in- It might re- not be winning. It might be putting somebody else in front of you. Yes. And having a relationship that is on the level yeah. where there is nobody, but there's no hierarchy. And being able to be someone that other people can go to and, and having just a sense of contentment and peace. I've worked with enough people, different ages, you know, children to elderly, and everybody is looking for a place of contentment. And that's something that everybody wants. And so just by- Understanding that that to me is the definition of success because 
I know plenty of people who have been outwardly successful with the money and the jobs and everything, and we all know this, and they don't feel a sense of contentedness at all. There's no happiness there. So the way that we find contentedness is by being ourselves. So if you can help your son be himself. And the, the last note on this, at least from me, Todd may have something else to say. Be really careful about parenting in the past and the future meaning that if you can stay in present time with him, then you're not going to have anything to worry about. Don't try and base how you would have done something differently than him. That's parenting in the past. That's saying he should be doing things the way I was doing it or the way I was raised or what I saw. So you're taking your past experiences and putting it on him in present time. And at the same time, don't don't parent in the future where you're saying to yourself, well, at 10 years old, he's going to be a wimp, and at 18-year-old, he's going to let people walk all over him. Then you're not here. You're in the future. So do your best to stay in present time with him, and you don't have to worry about much. Is that good, Todd? Did you want to add anything to that? Yeah, I want to add this. I hailed a cab on Park Avenue this afternoon, and uh, before I could get in it, you stole it. You're the guy who tried to get my cab. <laughs> <laughs> I know I knew you. Yeah. You scared the bejesus out of me. Scared the bejesus out of me, sweetie. That's good levity. So it's iTunes reviews time. All right. Um, this is by Present Mama from Canada. She's a she's a Canadian, sweetie. Okay. Great conscious parenting podcast. A gem of a podcast. Thank you both. I'm a teacher and a new mom, and I've re- recently discovered your podcast. You are the podcast version of my bookcase, Dr. Siegel, Eckhart Tolle, and Dr. Sabari but have introduced me to new authors that jive with my current parenting and life philosophy, and you are expanding it in every direction. <gasps> Did you hear that? What? You are expanding it Expansion. in every direction. There we go. That's what we like. That's what we like. The second one is from a Domestic Alchemic from the Alchemist. UK. It just says Alchemic. Oh, okay. I see. From the UK. I happened across this podcast when searching for Wayne Dyer. God bless Wayne Dyer. As a new parent, there have been so many relevant uh, discussions to how I am understanding my life now as a new mother and as a co-parent. Also, my relationship with my partner. I feel that I will return to these discussions also as my child grows. Here's the kicker, sweetie. You ready? All right. I'm ready. Kathy is particularly amazing. <laughs> Helping to open up and also to see the opportunities within the complexities of parenting and relationships. Thank you. From the Wales, UK. Oh, thank you. That's very kind. Very kind. It would have been really kind if there were some adjectives in there for me. <laughs> You're particularly amazing. I like that. Which basically means by definition, I'm less amazing than, amazing than you are. No, not necessarily. I think that's exactly necessary. You know what she's saying is she and I may be more kindred than you and she. Me, she and I think very similarly, and so it, it maybe, I don't know. <laughs> Adrian uh, Grace said, uh, great for non-parents, too. Yes, I agree I stumbled across this podcast because I'm very Im- involved in personal development field. I do, I do not have children and may never choose to have children, but I do choose to listen to ZPR. It's a great podcast. If you happen to be a human being who wants to have healthy interactions with other human beings, including yourself, Hmm, sounds like everyone should be listening. <laughs> I like that. That's a great review. Yeah. Um, Thank I, you, everybody. I've shared this with people. We This really is not a parenting podcast. No. Shh, don't tell anybody. We bait and switched you all. We Really, this has nothing to do with parenting. It has to do with yourself. Well, of course it has to do with parenting. No, nothing. <laughs> I feel like George from Seinfeld. <laughs> the answer is moops. No, nothing happens. Um, it is... Uh, it is about parenting in that I think that the thing that wakes us up often as adults is our parenting experience. Just like this this last letter that we got where she's seeing clearly how she 
uh, defines success, she's seeing it through the eyes of her child or she's seeing it by being mirrored by her child. Um, so, of course, parenting is an awakening experience. But like this last reviewer said, this is not about parenting in that you can be whatever age and listening to the show. I have my college students listen to this show. We used to I, – I don't know how many high schools listen anymore. We used to have high schoolers tell us they listen. I don't know. But if you're a high schooler – Start listening. Let right us know. Us. Um, but, uh, <clears throat> you know, it, it, it applies in every aspect of your life. And that's – probably why we enjoy talking about it so much. So this is the part of the show where I'm going to talk about one of our sponsors for the Zen Gets Real conference in March 11th Do you have like 12th. a Zen Gets Real song? I am unbeatable. I am unbreakable. I am irreplaceable. So I'm going to turn this down a little bit. So uh, one of our partners is Hunter Clark Fields. She's a mindfulness mama mentor, sweetie. Yes, she is. She coaches smart, accomplished, overstressed moms on how to cultivate mindfulness in their daily lives. She has over 20 years of experience in yoga and mindfulness and has taught thousands worldwide. She does one-on-one coaching, and she also has a present mama community. It's a subscription service, so check it out at presentmamacommunity.com. Can I say something about her mindful community? Sure. So she's doing this like virtual kind of workshop thing, and I think it starts in January. I will give you more info about it as it comes out, but I'm her speaker or one of her speakers. Oh, yeah. And I just did the interview for it a couple days ago. And I didn't know it was video. I just thought it was audio. Yeah. So for those of you who do it, I decided just to say, what the hell? And I had just come out of hot yoga. <laughs> and I don't look too great. You don't look like you knew you were ready for camera. I was not ready for camera. But you know what? I was in one of those moods where I was like, you know what? This isn't about how I look. This is about what I have to say. So, and Hunter was a trooper. So, you know. <laughs> If you watch that, you're like, Kathy, yeah, you aren't wearing any makeup. You didn't do your hair. I'm like, I know. I'm aware. But we, I just went for it anyway. There was a – I had a moment of be bold, be brave. That's right. Just do it. Just do it, Nike. Um, so can I say something about – so that song that was playing, that was Kathy Richardson. She's our musical guest um, for the Zen Gets Real conference, March 11th and 12th. You guys, we have um, coupon codes for December. Mm. Where you can oh, get, yeah, that's right. Right, uh, we still have a few Zen friends left, yep. and um, we you can get your ticket to this conference cheaper in December. Once it's 2016, it's prices are going up. Price. up. Well, it's not really going up; it just is going to remain what it is. Right? Isn't that what we decided to do? It's going to be going up from what it, they can get it in December. Correct. Like you can't, you know, the, the promo codes that we're giving you now. It will. This is this is your opportunity. Yeah. Get your ticket. Get a ticket for a friend for the holidays. There you go. It's a good gift. Perfect. I know. So, um, you know, we'll be talking about that more in December, but we are so thrilled to... Um, so it's a good Christmas present. Yes. Or a holiday present. It is a holiday Don't present. Don't want to offend anybody. Right. I know. By calling it a Christmas Stay present. Stay PC, sweetie. Could be, um, yeah. Well, I'm all right with that. I'm fine. What's the problem with saying happy holidays? Happy holidays. I, people get offended that we're saying happy holidays and not Merry Christmas, but why not just do both and let's not worry about it so happy much. Happy Hanukkah, sweetie. Absolutely. There's that too. There's so many things we can celebrate together. Let's just celebrate together. Why must we divide? Why can't we all just get along? Why can't we all get along? And speaking of, um, on December 8th, Tuesday, December 8th, it's our last event of 2015, Fits of Spare Keys. Uh, Rita Highland, Lorna Smatis, and myself, 
we are doing a talk about self-love and authenticity. And we'll have more information about that coming, but I just want you to know that's our last event. Are you going to come? Yeah, I'll be there. Oh, good. Are you going to, like, talk with us? Are you no, going to, like, be a presenter? No, I'm not invited to talk. Well, you can talk if you no, want. No, no, I'm going to be in the front row asking you hard, hard questions. Are you going to heckle? Yeah. Oh, that's not cool. Um, so, last partner is Jeremy Kraft from Avid Company, avidco.net, painting, painting and remodeling throughout the Chicagoland area. Uh, give him a call. And... Uh, listen in because we have some other things that you can help support us at the end of this podcast. Do you know you just said paintling? That's painting and remodeling is one word. Paintling. Paintling. That's right. So thanks for listening and uh, listen to our other things that you can support afterwards. Have a good week. Keep trucking. That's our show, friends. We hope you felt outstanding. And if you want to continue feeling this outstanding, go to zenparentingradio.com and subscribe to the podcast. You can also subscribe via iTunes. And while you're there, feel free to give us a kind review. You can email us at comments at zenparentingradio.com or you can record a voicemail by clicking on the send us a voice message link on our homepage with comments or questions. Don't forget our Zen Parenting Conference is on March 11th and 12th, 2016. For more details, go to zengetsreal.com. If you're interested in any of Kathy's three award-winning books, you can purchase through our website, or through Amazon. We also do local presentations, virtual retreats, and movie screenings, which can be found by clicking on the events tab on our webpage. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link on our homepage. It doesn't cost anything to you, but we get a small commission from Amazon. If you're interested in the tribe, the monthly men's group that I co-facilitate, you can go to thetribemensgroup.com for more details. Lastly, and most importantly, a special thanks to our three partners, Avid Company, Tree of Life Chiropractic Care, and John J. Kelly Dentistry. If you own a business and are interested in partnering with us, please send me an email at comments at zenparentingradio.com. Finally, we're grateful for your support and encouragement. We only ask that you give the same to yourself and the people you love most. Until next time. Thank you.